Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I'm presenting a series of programs on the subject of the Sabbath law, and today's program is a continuation of the previous broadcast. Now, towards the end of the previous program, I was reading from Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, in order to introduce the idea of a shadow and a reality, that there is a difference between the two, and that the Sabbath law can be spoken of in the context of a shadow and a reality. Beginning in Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Now, of course, the first thing that I'd like to say concerning this is that if you disagree with me about this subject of the Sabbath law, I just want you to know what my point of view is going to be if you decide to contact me and express your opinion concerning the subject. I might be new to you. That may be the case. Please understand, though, that this subject is not new to me. I have spent the majority of my life looking at this subject. This subject is not new to me. I have spent the majority of my life studying this, praying about this. And I want you to know that I have taken a position. And so if your position is different, good for you. Consider mine. You might find something that could be of use to you. But when it comes to this subject, I'm not very interested in hearing from people who want to pass judgment against me because they disagree with me. And the reason why I feel so confident in being able to say that at this time, of course, is because that's what Paul says here. He says, don't let anyone judge you concerning these things. And so if you want to do that, good for you, but that is a violation of the Word of God, as I have just read it to you. And so please consider that before you pass judgment on anyone, in any way whatsoever, if they so much as feel as if you are judging them, if a person suspects you are judging them, then have some consideration to that and let them know that they should not let anyone judge them or feel as if someone is judging them or passing judgment on them in the sense of declaring that they are committing sin. You know, whatever you just told them probably is a justification for bringing the subject up. So I just wanted to mention that in this program, but what I'm really going to spend some time with in this program is the subject of the shadow versus the reality. Now again, in the previous program, I explained that I know what it is, I know what it means to live a life under the law, under the Old Covenant, and I know what it means to live a life under the New Covenant. I know the differences, and I know them well. And so when I see the Scripture here declare that there is a difference in the sense of there being a shadow and a reality, I feel very confident in knowing 
what that means. And that's what I'm going to talk about right now. To begin with, I'm going to begin by giving you an illustration, an example. Let's assume that I'm in the business of cutting firewood. Let's just assume that that's what I do. I cut firewood. I have trees in the backyard or in the back 40 or the acreage that I have. I have trees out there. And I sell firewood by cutting these trees up into little pieces that people can use in order to cook with or heat their homes with or go camping with or whatever. This is the business that I'm in, if I just simply make that assumption as an example. And let's assume that you come to me and you tell me, hey, listen, Aaron, I need some firewood. I really do want some firewood and I want to buy it from you. And I say, listen, that's great. I am really excited to see you. I'm very thankful that you are here because there is a tree that I have that has been growing for years, just waiting for you to come and take the wood from this tree in order to heat your home and to cook your food and do whatever else you want to do with it. Let's go out here and take a look at that tree. And so I bring you out there and I show you this tree and I say, here it is. This is the tree that has been growing for you for a long time. Look at this day. This is a great day, isn't it? The sun is out. We can stand in the shade of this tree for just a minute. Let's take a look at this. We have the tree. And then when we stand in the shade of this tree, then we can see, we can experience the shadow of this tree. Look at the ground. We can see the shadow of the tree on the ground that is created by the sun shining on this tree. I'll tell you what. Why don't you give me the amount of money that would be the equivalent of one week's worth of labor and I'll give you this shadow that's here on the ground. How about that? Now, if I suggested that to you and you were looking for the firewood, you might feel a little confused You might feel as if I'm trying to deceive you in some way. What am I talking about? Why would I ask you to give me one week's worth of labor in terms of money? Why would I ask for that in exchange for the shadow of the tree? You came for the tree. You came for the wood from the tree. You came for the real thing, not for the shadow. Well, that is the difference between those who are living according to the commandment of the Sabbath law, trying to rest from all of their labor one day a week on Saturday, from Friday night until Saturday night, according to the Pharisaical law, that would be when there were three stars visible in the sky on Friday evening, or the equivalent time thereof, until there were three stars visible in the sky on Saturday evening, or the approximate time in the event that it's a cloudy evening, That is the time that is reserved for the Sabbath day. And folks, I remember what this was like. I remember going outside looking to see if there were three stars visible in the sky so that I could stop working and going out on Saturday evening to look to see when there were three stars visible in the sky so that I could begin my day with rest or maybe a little bit of work beforehand. But I remember what that was like. That is the law. And that, my friend, is what it means to live in the shadow. That's what it means to embrace the shadow in comparison with the reality, with the real thing, with the real 
Messiah, with the real God, with the real substance of what he wants us to have, to experience, to know, and to live in. That's the kind of comparison that I want you to consider. That these things were a shadow of something to come. They were a shadow of a reality in Christ Jesus. So let me be very direct about this. And again, I'm saying this from my own personal experience. That if you are living according to the old covenant, my friend, you are living in the shadows. You have embraced the shadows. You are living in something that is not real. It is not real at all. Now, it might be real to you from a fleshly point of view, but from the spiritual point of view, from the spiritual reality in terms of who our God is, what he has done, what he is doing, what he has revealed by explaining it through the Sabbath law, that the comparison is such that you are living in the shadows, not in the reality Or more specifically, you are not living in reality. You are not living in what is real. You are living in a fantasy. That's what you are living in. You are living in pure, absolute fantasy. It is not real. Let me give you a simple example. How about if I ask you the question, do you obey the Sabbath law? Now, if you were to be honest with me when I ask you that question, you would have to say, no, that you do not. If you think you do, it's probably only because you don't know the law. That's the only way I can think of that somebody would actually say, yes, I obey the Sabbath law. If you were to be honest, you would say something, at least I believe this is being honest, you would be honest by replying with an answer such as, well, I try. Or something like, well, I do it better than you do. Something like that. But to say absolutely yes, that is a lie. That is not real. You are living in fantasy, not in reality. To say that you try means that you don't. And so again, you are living in a different kind of fantasy, but it's still a fantasy. It is not what is real. There is something else that is real that he will reveal to you if you will grow to understand the implications of forgiveness, the differences between law and grace. If you will discover your inheritance in Christ, the will of God, things like that, that I have recordings on in the radio archive. If you were to discover these things, you would know more about what I mean by that. And so I am going to talk about what I mean by the reality. But until you hear those programs, I don't think you'll fully embrace what I am saying. And so for those of you who are living according to the new covenant, have some patience. I will talk about the reality that we now live in, in light of what he has accomplished. But I will do that a little later. But for now, I'm going to spend some time talking about the law. First, I wanted to explain that there's a difference in the sense that there is a shadow and a reality. And now I'm going to take some time just to explain to you what the law is. Not so that you can have a better understanding of the shadow, but so that you can have a better understanding of the reality and the implications of it when I do get to it. 
Another reason why I'm going to spend some time reading through the law to talk about this is because there are a lot of people who just simply do not know the law, and I do believe that it's important for people to know the law, again, to better appreciate the reality that has been revealed in light of the law. So the first passage I'm going to look at is Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, beginning in verse 8. These are the Ten Commandments, and in verse 8 it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. He speaks about the law in the context of the six days of creation, and that he rested on the seventh day. Now this doesn't mean that we are to obey the Sabbath law because he did that, It means that we are to obey the Sabbath law in acknowledgement or in a similar understanding with regards to the creation of God. In Exodus chapter 31, beginning in verse 12, Exodus chapter 31, beginning in verse 12, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh is the Sabbath of rest. Holy to the Lord, whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Therefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And when he had made an end of speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. So in Exodus chapter 31, verses 12 through 17, we have an explanation with regards to what happens if you violate the Sabbath law, that you are to be put to death. And you might notice as well that he said that this is a perpetual covenant, an everlasting covenant, which it is. If you fail to do it, then you are to be put to death. This is a covenant between God and the children of Israel. Now, are you a child of Israel? Are you a Jew? Are you one of the children of Israel? Well, I am. You might not be. Let's assume that that you are perhaps for just a moment, then you and I, we should be doing this, right? This is a perpetual covenant. Now, if you're not, well, then I have to do this by myself, I guess, right? This is just something that I need to do. But you don't need to do because you're not a child of Israel. You're not a member of Israel. Now, there are ways of considering that perhaps you can do this. For example, now that you are a believer in the Messiah, you have been grafted into the vine, 
But there's a difference between being grafted into the vine of the Messiah and being grafted into the broken branches, especially those who rejected the Messiah. So there are some issues that need to be spoken of concerning that, and I've done radio programs concerning the verses that are related to that subject. But consider this for just a moment, and that is that he gave this as a perpetual covenant to the nation of Israel. If you are not a member of the nation of Israel, then you are not subjected to these laws. They were given to them, not to you. Now, for myself, right, I am of the tribe of Judah. I know that. I have great confidence in my lineage concerning that. And so perhaps I'm obligated to. And if I fail to do that, then I need to be put to death. That's how we should be considering this. That's how I should be reading this, that this is a perpetual covenant in that way. Now, there are many ways that I can address this subject, but I'm not going to take the time to do that here because I have done this in other programs. If you have heard many of the programs that I have produced, you will probably recognize what I mean by this, though that I am dead to the law. I am dead to the law. I have died in Christ. And so I am no longer a part of the nation of Israel in that way. I am already dead to the nation of Israel. I am dead to the law. Why? So that I can now live to indulge my flesh? Of course not. But so that I can live in a new way of life that has nothing to do with the restraint of the flesh or the indulgence of the flesh. It has nothing to do with living in the flesh, restraint or indulgence thereof. It has to do with living in the spirit. And that's the problem. What people are doing is they are living according to their flesh. This is about the flesh, folks. That's what it's about. And this is also one of the reasons why many people find this law, among many others, to be very appealing because it appeals to the flesh. That's the temptation behind it. To live according to the law is to live according to the flesh. That is the temptation of the law, that you can indulge your flesh, not in the context of sin, but you can indulge your flesh in the context of the blessings of God in the flesh. And I will explain that in just a minute. Before I do that, I'm going to read one more passage, and that's found in Exodus chapter 35, verses 2 and 3. This is Exodus chapter 35, beginning in verse 2. It says, Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh day shall be a holy day for you, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall kindle no fire throughout your dwelling on the Sabbath day. And then in other places, such as Exodus chapter 16, if I can recall correctly, you'll find that you are not to leave your dwelling place on the Sabbath day. That was established through the giving of manna. So these are the components of the law. You are not permitted to work. You are required to rest. You are not to leave your dwelling place on the Sabbath day. You are not to buy or sell. You are not to kindle a fire of any kind on the Sabbath day. You are to rest. That's what the law demands. Now, what do you hope to obtain if you succeed in obeying the Sabbath law? What do you really expect to get from God? Now, if you were in Israel, this would be simple. If you violated the Sabbath law, you would be executed. I would consider that to be incentive, right? 
But what about today, when no one is going to execute you, and you're certainly not going to execute yourself in order to obey the Sabbath law, because the law demands that you die, and if you fail to do that, then perhaps you're guilty of violating the law that way as well. So what are we going to use as an incentive? Well, we can go to the law itself. For example, consider Deuteronomy chapter 28. If you were to take some time to read Deuteronomy chapter 28, you will find exactly what God has promised concerning your obedience to the Sabbath law, amongst others. If you obey the law of God, the law that was written by the finger of God, that was given through Moses, that we have, we know what God has said concerning his law. If you live in obedience to the commandments, then you will be blessed, and he has given you a complete description of all the blessings that you will receive. And if you continue to read, you'll find out that if you fail to obey any of the commandments, then you'll be cursed. Well, you can avoid all of those cursings that he has listed. You can obtain the blessings, you can avoid the cursings, you can benefit in what? In your flesh. In your flesh. You can indulge your flesh with having plenty of flour in your kneading bowl. You will lend and not borrow. Your children will not be consumed by wild animals. Now listen, I can appreciate these things, of course. But my point in saying it in this way is to let you know if you don't know. You need to know and you need to understand that what God promised is that you will be blessed in your flesh. You must know what he is offering in return for your obedience. This must be absolutely clear. I have found an enormous number of people who have no idea about what God has offered in return for their obedience. Instead, they just make assumptions. People just assume that God is this, and He's going to do that, and He's going to respond, He's going to react, He's going to bless in this way, and He's going to bless in that. He's going to see them as these special people. You know, there are all kinds of creative, and I will use that word creative, fantasies that people come up with in order to justify their life of pursuing obedience to the commandments that were given through Moses, they come up with all these fantasies that have nothing to do with what God himself has said about this subject. Do you know the law? Do you know the law with regards to the demand, with regards to the expectations, with regards to the blessings that he would provide? If you knew, you would also know that you have to obey all of the commandments perfectly in order to obtain those blessings. And because there is no one who can do it, you will then have to live being cursed by God according to the law. Now, what I have just said is an introduction to a big subject, the subject of law and grace, the subject of forgiveness. I've done recordings on this subject already in other places, and so I'm not going to try to expand on that now, but you have to answer the question, do you obey the law or not? If you don't, you're under the curse of God according to the law. If you do, the maximum benefit that you can possibly experience 
is blessings in the flesh. There is nothing in the law that says anything about you will know your God or you will have a place in the kingdom of heaven or you will have rewards in heaven. It says nothing about that at all in the law. Know the law. There are many people who try to live according to the law, but they know nothing about the law. I know, I've encountered lots of people who talk with me about this subject, and yet they know nothing of the law. This is the law, and this is the promise of God for those who pursue it. So you must ask the question, why? Why then? Well, the reason why God gave the law was so that he could use the law in order to tell us about other things. He used the law, the Sabbath law, in order to speak of another day, in order to speak of another rest, in order to speak of another way of working, not just resting one day a week or working six days a week, but resting every day of the week and working every day of the week, perhaps. There is a reality that is foreshadowed by the law, and that is the reality that we are to pursue. Let me give you an example. Does it say anywhere in the law that if you obey the law, if you succeed in obeying the law, that you will know your God? It does not. Does it say that you will have a relationship with your God? It does not. So do not fear the law because it was given for other reasons. You don't have to believe, you don't have to really believe in God, that there is a God in order to live in obedience to the law. You don't have to believe in the kingdom of heaven. You don't have to believe in an afterlife. You don't have to believe in salvation to live by the law because it was given to show you that you could never obtain the mercy of God through your repentance or obedience. It was given for its prophetic inferences for its foreshadowings, in order to give us a basic understanding of the character of God. There are many reasons why God gave the law. Use it for those purposes. But it does not provide for a relationship or salvation. That is why he instituted another covenant, the new covenant. And I will explain this in the following broadcasts. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net